I guess I was pretty horny. What's in the bag? A shark or something? Oh, no, not the beast! God damn it! How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? I'm a vampire. Kill me. Fucking files! Have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and beaten to you? Pissed! Blood! That's our boy Nicholas Cage. What are these fucking iguanas doing on my coffee table? I'm your host. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. My name is Sam from Ryan. I'm here to be your host. Welcome. <laughs> what straight straight Michigan native over here. <laughs> I was gonna say. Up from the north, we're going to get in the car. We're going to drive up to the Upper Peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> That's my car. My car. My car. My car. Tansiera. <laughs> we're not talking about Fargo, though, unfortunately. Unfortunately, tonight we're going to be talking about Vampire's Kiss. I feel like we need to really introduce the podcast. No, we will. Um, I lost yeah. my voice. Oh, it got worse. Uh. I lost my voice and am depressed, so Asia's going to say it. Good evening. You are about to step foot into something very, very, very spooky. No one's going to laugh at that? Come on. Sorry, I was reading an email. I'm like, what I'm, the I'm fuck? Like, I'm kind of, the I didn't mean to. It was for my boss, so I got scared, but it I'm self-aware of laughing while you guys are talking, so then I'm <laughs> laughing over your words. No, it's fine. Great. You could edit all that out. Yeah, it's perfect. It's fantastic. Won't. I know. <laughs> I was wait- Who's doing it? <laughs> this is where we're going to start. Okay. Okay. You should introduce. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. It's this is your... our okay. podcast. <laughs> this is Gone in 60 Seconds. Starring. Who the fuck is it starring? Nicholas Cage. <laughs> no. Sorry. <laughs> I'm your host, Marta. And I'm Asia. And today with us, we have our dear friend and philosopher, Sam Crumrine. <laughs> I'm literally going to edit that pause all the way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So long. And now I'm going to leave it in because I said I was going to edit it out. <laughs> So Sam's joining us today. He's one of my lovely actors. You can see him in episodes of Lucifer. And what else have you done? Oh, and the general commercial. <laughs> the general commercial. For the best car insurance yeah. rates online. <laughs> Come to the general and save some time. <laughs> he is the general. Do we have to copyright that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, know. shit. I don't know. It's fine. We were off key, so it can't be. No, I think it'll be fine. It's no. a remix. True. I was in it. It's fine. Um... So yeah, so Sam's visiting us today, Hi and guys. we got to force him to watch this terrible movie. <laughs> the reason the reason that we chose Sam for this episode because he'd never seen it is that we watched Velvet Buzzsaw recently, and Asia and I thought it was a joy. It was so campy and good and reminiscent of two thousand era slasher movies like House of Wax. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my rating and review. <laughs> and so we thought it was very entertaining. And Sam was quiet the whole time and then got up and was like, I hated it and left. And so I was like, you know what? I think I want to choose a movie that you dislike rather than like. Because I, I, I'm excited to hear your reaction. Because again, we just got done watching this movie and Sam was pretty quiet the whole time. Just taking it in. Soaked it up. Didn't say too much at the end. So like we're about to witness his reaction 
For real. And I know that we're going to say fucking shit a lot, but you'll probably be really eloquent in tearing the movie apart. Oh, yeah. I, well, he's... Uh, I'll add my own fucks and shits. Okay. I think on yeah. top of it. But yeah. they'll be much softer and probably in a better tone. Perhaps. We'll see. <laughs> Always. We shall see. Well, okay. So it was first screened at the Boston Film Festival in September 17th of 1988. So I think that's why they have it listed on IMDb and everything else as 1988. But then it says... Its official release date is June 16th, 1989 in Italy. Um, and then after that, it says June 2nd to USA. So I have it. I'm listing it as June 2nd, 1989. However, the movie technically came out in 1988. In Italy? I was going to say, why, I don't know why Italy? You know, it's funny because actually a lot of his movies, I don't know why this one in particular, but a lot of his movies, they always say like they came out in China or Italy or whatever, like over the US state. And I have no idea why. Trying it out more. on other audiences first to see if it actually gets traction perhaps. before spending the money to do it here, maybe. Standards, perhaps? I don't know. That's kind of, <laughs> well, of lowballing other places. Well, there's another, there's one of his movies that's coming out in Italy because it is actually like an Italian director and stuff. Mm. So that makes sense. But I noticed when I was doing the list, it's like half of them and it makes no fucking sense. Yeah, it's but, very strange. So. I'm gonna have Asia read the synopsis because I have no fucking voice. Lit. I wanna put my <clears throat> middle school reading comprehension skills to test. Popcorn time. It's popcorn time. Remember that? I pick Sam. God damn it. <laughs> it's, it's one sentence and it's perfect. Oh man. <laughs> what is it? Directed by Robert Bierman. Released in 1989. Vampire's Kiss. After an encounter with a neck biter. A publishing executive thinks that he's turning into a vampire. And that's full, it. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> this is the meme movie, guys. The whole this thing is, is That a meme. actually is kind of nice because if I do see memes from this now, I'll have some context. Yeah, yeah it's a lot relate. of them. So how, do we be, how does this movie begin? God, I don't even remember. I do because I wrote it down because I was uh, so angry about it. How, how does it begin? It's the longest, hor- like horribly longest opening sequence. And it's just different shaky shots of New York City. Oh. And like the smoke coming out of buildings with this music that's like. It's like supposed to be eerie. Yeah. I kind of love the music. I'm going to say I think the score is the best part of the film. It is the best part. I wrote that down and I believe that to be true. I agree. Absolutely. It's and I also sequence. wrote down the fact that I think there's excessive environmental shots of New York. Like, just smattered through this whole goddamn movie. This is movie. more like an aesthetic film. It's, no, it's not it's, really... <laughs> like, they could have cut 20 minutes off this film just taking away New York shots. Which, Easily. this yeah. movie, it, I feel like the pace is really good up until the midway point, And then mm-hmm. it slows way the fuck down and I don't care about it anymore. But then it gets repetitive. Yeah. Like, we didn't need that much interaction to show that he's being a creep or that he's harassing this poor fucking woman i think i think a big problem with it is that there's no build-up if there was like Mm. a clear line of him going up and getting more impulsive and more crazy it would be better to have repeating things and have like almost a motif in his actions or something like that. well you know what's cute is i think they did try that and it was just not there because the whole like whenever he's like And he's, like, freaking out, like, grabbing his neck. Like, that's, I think, the indicator of, like, he's starting to lose it because something's happening. He just goes way over the top right at the beginning. Oh, yeah. If he had waited till the end. Because I really, I'm going to jump ahead for a second, as I always fucking do. (laughs) As we do. 
but I really think that the this is why we came here moment happens like at the beginning. I think really? it, I think it is when he destroys the room for the first time. That's I I was thinking about that because I do kind of well okay so basically. <laughs> I'm sorry everyone this is what we do every week by the way Sam Sam's like not a real fan he doesn't listen to our podcast <laughs> so I'm a fan of you guys I know I was oh gonna say God. he's a fan of our friendship so blush. he just he wants to do it in real life but <laughs> I just realized like <laughs> <laughs> one of Marta's notes is the whole alphabet in caps <laughs> <laughs> I literally did the whole thing um but basically I think you pointed this out to me before we came back to rewatch it and it made me watch this movie different this time around is that you were like, it's basically Nick Cage's attempt at American Psycho. Which something I wanted to tell you is I looked it up and this movie came out before American Psycho did. No. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, I can't believe Brett Easton Ellis ripped off such a masterpiece of a film. <laughs> oh, so he ripped you off the masterpiece that is Vampire. Yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> because because it is, it's like New York executive mm-hmm. who's really into wearing suits, slowly de- slowly devolves into madness. Yeah. He even is like going to cl- like even like all of the interactions with his therapist and you've seen it, right? Yeah, it's you've been seen a long it. time, but there's there's literally and in the book too, there's a moment where he's having like an anxiety attack in New York City and he goes to a payphone and calls his secretary and he's like just say no to the meeting like an acting fucking psycho exactly like in Vampire's Kiss. Oh, because what which scene does he do that? Before he goes to the club, he's got the fake vampire teeth in. He goes to, t- to a phone booth and calls his therapist, and he's like, I need to move coming forward. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That wasn't me. That was Patricia. Junior. <laughs> so, well, not only is his, his fucking accent atrocious in this. Oh, fuck. Which, like, we could probably spend a solid five minutes doing that. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I think it was like a piss poor attempt at someone going, okay, a high end kind of aristocratic New Yorker. What would that be? Oh, like young Donald Trump. Let me listen to this and do a piss poor version of this. That's what I got the whole time. It was yeah. like Donald Trump mixed with his character and Peggy Sue got married. And Nosferatu. And Nosferatu. And Nosferatu. <laughs> and it was so inconsistent. It was There was no consistency. No, no. Whatsoever. The accent came and went. Just like his acting did, and it was just like <laughs> it, was just, it was just so bad. Like he okay, <laughs> I don't even know how to dive into this because this movie is fucking chaotic. But long story short, he is the quintessential American psycho businessman, um, and he's an editor, right? Is that what it said? Yeah, I think it, he basically is in charge of contracting things. A publish, a publish mm, executive. Yeah. yeah. So he he works at this office. He basically they establish really quick that he is bringing home cute girls every night. Some fucking how because he looks terrible in this movie. Oh my god, toupee. It's got to be. But but the reason I also don't think it's it is is because the bald spot is so evident. Then I'm like, it's not even covered. Like this might not even be a toupee. He just was like, I'll grow my hair out. Ew. And I'll brush I think it, it was. I think it was real. That's, I think. I think it might have been bad. And it's like a different color on top too. Yeah. It's like it's, got weird auburn undertones. It on looks top. like when we were in junior high and we couldn't afford or our parents wouldn't let us dye our hair, so we put lemon juice in our hair and <gasps> sat outside for three oh, hours. Oh no. That's what it looked like. Looked like henna dye. Just me. <laughs> it looked like henna dye. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. 
in his like second night of bringing a girl home, <laughs> cut to the bat. <laughs> and this shit is underway. <laughs> Thank you, Asia. Wait, 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 wait. Was it the second night or was it the first night? No, it was the first night. It was night. the first night. Oh, you're right. It jumped it is the right, first night. right but into he, it. He does talk about bringing a different girl home in therapy that day. Oh, because the opening's the opening actual shot is him in his therapist's office. And being like, I wanted her so bad in the morning, I just wanted her to go. Yeah, and she's and, like, Why do you think yeah. that is? He's like, I don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> why I'm here. <laughs> Cut to raging party scene. Yeah, and then True. and then he's and then he's back at the bar, and it's like really terrible. I, I can't even. I don't even have the energy to sit down and talk. So about. many extras so staring many extras. into the camera. Oh yeah, Sam yep. pointed that out. Yep. He was like, there was an extra curly-haired scullet guy, middle of the bar, sitting like on the dance floor, sitting there like by himself, not talking to anyone, like big smile, like I finally made it onto a set. I'm so excited, my career is starting. <laughs> 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 he just kept peering down the barrel of the fucking camera like three times in a row go back and look for it oh it's great it's wonderful i don't think i want to go back twice was enough (laughs) i will watch this movie eventually but i think at some point in my life i want to get a projector and when we have like parties Mm -hmm. in the background just have all of the weirdest nick cage movies playing can we throw the room in there too because i want to talk about the comparisons oh we will in the room we will um so quickly to establish he brings a girl home we see Nip. Nipples. We oh, see nipples in this. Bless. Which is Ooh. adorable because then, you, like you pointed out, the other girls got pasties on. Yeah. Like, why oh, does it yeah. matter? Huge pasties. Huge. Huge. Like, <laughs> like, like, there was no effort to hide them. It wasn't there was pasties. No e- it, it was, was moleskin. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> covering, it wasn't just covering areola and nipple. It was literally covering, like, the entirety of the breast. Yeah. And, like, Sam's drawing <laughs> boobs on boob himself. All the way down. And, like, you saw a solid inch and a half of her laying squished boob into his chest and it just there was no avoiding it (laughs) and the fact that they used the same sex scene for the first two interactions it's not even sex it's just her biting him but her biting him and like grinding on his right leg (laughs) my ideal sex position that's literally what nick's saying but my one of my favorite things that i think what starts like because you're already like what is up with his character like what's going Mm -hmm. on but i think what makes me love it so much is when the bat comes in and he's trying to get rid of the bat. He's he's pulling on the curtain. He goes shoo, shoo. <laughs> and then the girl from the from the doorway is like shoo. He's like shoo, <laughs> shoo. Like, like like that was her like thinking that they were done shooting. Shoo, really, Nick? Right. Shoo, and he's shoo. just shoo. And <laughs> so they leave and. Clearly, that bat was flown in on a string. I'm sorry. It was, oh, like yeah. you, because oh, well, it was. And there's perspective. There's there's a viewpoint of the bat fighting <laughs> Nicky. POV bat moves. POV bat moves. POV bat moves. And like them duking it out, and then like they leave the apartment, and Nick's just laughing absurdly and loudly and Both obnoxiously. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like why. And one of um, that's how I felt the entirety of this movie is why were fifty percent of the scenes in this film like there was, there was <laughs> I, I I just constantly was asking myself that because there were I, and you wouldn't get an answer I was like there there must be this must be like, leading to something it didn't never did no you no. know you know like well I guess this one kind of does but directly after the shoe thing he goes to work in the morning and he's staring out the window. And he's looking at this couple making out. (laughs) (laughs) And the song is... It's zooming in really, like, closely. This couple's making out. 
And this guy at like the food truck is just trying to hand them his drinks, and he's like, "Stop!" Like yeah, like pressing into the sides of their shoulders, like almost into their neck as they're making it. <laughs> yeah. <out of> <laughs> um, but I think I mean even at this point it starts to get kind of boring because it's just a lot of comes home from the office to see if the bat's still there, goes back to the therapist and was like, oh, I got a boner when I was fighting this bat. I was kind of horny. <laughs> it's our song. It is in our song. It's in our theme song. Oh, you don't know the theme song. I it's cute. The it's okay. Song. One day. There's, a, there's like th- probably, I think, like three clips from this movie in our theme yeah, song. Yeah, it's pretty dope. But uh, after he inter- or, uh, talks about his sexual interaction with the bat and how he got aroused with the when he was telling the therapist... The next note I have is the lizard tattoo is real. So, <laughs> Oh, it is. Where did we first see it? Moonstruck. Moonstruck? Yeah. Because I don't think we saw it in Raising Arizona at all. But in Moonstruck, when he answers the phone in the beginning, and it's the, the mm. wife beater. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, like, pretty tatted in real life. Is he? Yeah. He's got arm tattoos. I think he's got another back tattoo. <gasps> Baby. Ew. He, he looked like he uh, stayed in shape for this film, though. No. The, yeah. one, the one scene. Well, he's getting thinner at this point. Compared to what we've been seeing of him. Because in Boy in Blue, which was within two years, he was buff as fuck. Yeah, like super jacked. Because he was like, he played like a professional rower. Mm. So he was jacked. And now... And then ever since then, he's just been, he's still lean, but he's like definitely getting smaller. And his hair is receding. And he's getting teeth. This movie, he has teeth. All of them. He has all of them. (laughs) They're still tombstone-like. Yeah, they're still the tombstone (laughs) teeth. But, um, I mean, essentially... He gets bit by a woman, and now he starts to think he's a vampire. I don't even know Which, how. Like, I literally do know don't even know how to go Do we know if she's a vampire? Do we know if she's she's a, not? Like, she's not the, a biter because what they say it, the, in the synopsis, biter? a neck biter. Yeah. And so this is just his own mind fuck of a trip of like, oh shit, I was bit by a vampire. Now this is how I would act, or this is right. I'm losing my mind and my anxiety, and I'm just gonna go into this belief that I am this. Exactly. See that like I think it all stems from the fact uh, that he was aroused by the bat. And so then the next night he's making out with someone and she, but, but I don't even actually understand if she was ever really there. That's what I, I don't think that she was ever really there. I think that this was like, because when they meet at the club at the end, there's this, there's this whole altercation, like throughout the movie, this girl, Rachel is present and like, Oh, my lover of the night. Like she's got fangs and she's got amazing hair. She's so freaking pretty. And she's in book of Eli. Oh, is she? Yeah. She played the mom. She plays Gary. Fuck it's yeah. Gary Oldman's blind lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. She's so pretty. But anyway, <laughs> she's so pretty. She is really pretty. <laughs> but it's like at at she is like, oh, I love you. Tell me you love me, and all this stuff. And she's like the main object of his fantasies, and she keeps popping up in his apartment and all this stuff. But at the end, he runs into her at the club. And he's like, oh, you know me. And she's like, yeah, from college. So it's like. Oh, did she say college? Or it's like she. I thought she was like Peter, right? So I think they did meet at the bar initially, Mm -hmm. but I don't think she came home with him. That, that, that first oh, night that they met. maybe, maybe. Because he did like go up to her and talk to her and like say a couple things to her. And then next thing we know, they're like at the house and she's biting his neck and he's bleeding. Yeah. But I don't even know if, I don't think she went there. Because, I don't think she went there. Because the very next morning after, after this happens, there's that weird scene where he's like trying to hand her the coffee, but oh there's God. nobody there. And then he's like, his hand's shaking and the coffee's spilling all over his But I'm like, where did, where did the delusion start? And why did the delusion start? I, was, the whole thing's a fever dream. 
kind of. I'm just like, where where did it go? Like, how did it just jump into that? Yeah, I, I, think, I, I have I just, have no idea. I think it's just the fixation of the night before of the bat, and he's been thinking about the bat all day. Which still was like a very it's not just evident. like, but there wasn't even a great uh, showing of that. It was just like, oh, here's the bat, and then they leave and they're laughing and having a good time. But there was no like, oh shit, this might have been something besides the fact of him speaking to his therapist, going, yeah. oh, I was aroused. But like, there was nothing there that showed like, oh, Except this could have been something. Except for that little look he gives when he walks out, he's like. Oh, that oh, really straight. <laughs> oh God! Oh, he fuck. puts his hand through his hair and he's like, <gasps> and like, and then does it. I'm like, ah, uh. it's so much. It's so much to stomach. And well, what did did you tell us? Or I think Katie told us last episode that he was so upset about doing Moonstruck. That was Katie. And so then, and so then he just was like, I'm gonna do something like crazy punk opposite of that. And so he did this. But what I did notice, and, like, I'm really searching for a way to, like, give this movie some, like, good critique, so bear with me. But I think the whole attempt that was just not evident is that he sees the bat, gets fixated on the idea of vampires. Throughout the whole movie, he's constantly seeing people in love. And so he's like, oh, if a a vampire making somebody another vampire is, like, such a strong bond and love, and that's, like, ultimately what he wants by the end. So I think, like, again, it's a stretch, and it's they did not do a good job of showing that, but I think that's the purpose of keep watching, like, these people making out and, like, seeing all this weird shit going on, and he's, like, constantly searching for whatever, and he finds this made-up illusion of something that is forever, which is a vampire. I think that's a good analysis, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Just executed extremely poorly. So yeah. bad. It's just so bad. Although I love this movie, I would I, I really hate it. But I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking, it's so it's so good that it really is like a pretty cool concept. And I feel like if it wasn't Nicolas Cage as the lead, <laughs> and if also maybe it wasn't lit like a grad film, oh my god, it probably would be okay. Yeah, the, the, like it, it's kind of artistic the way, like especially the last scene of of the movie is. Rachel, the vampire girlfriend, like looking in the camera, like "Dream of Me, My Love." Yeah, like, I like that. Like, yeah, there are some good parts to it. The very last frame is the exact same as the very first frame, but a different time of day. It's mm. dawn in the first frame, and it's like off the like Hudson River, I think, and it's part of New York, and then it ends that way. But then, or it's dusk, and then it's dawn. But yeah, it changes. It changes with the beginning and then the end. So like, there is like a little bit of like attempt at making shit good. But um, I think the same. Did you point this out? Was it you or Asia that pointed out that each shot is too big? Like it's too. Asia wide. said it was too wide. Yeah. No, everything stays like medium wide the whole time, which mm-hmm. like a big part of editing is having diversity in your cuts especially with like intense moments you want to get closer or if you want to like create space you get further away but everything is like in really closed spaces so it feel it feels very tight yeah it doesn't feel like there's room to breathe except for like the couple of shots that i really like which are almost like crane shots that are super far away and then they do like a slow 70s zoom in oh they're mostly like outside of his apartment like when he's coming home or when he's leaving those are the oh, o- I didn't notice those that. are the only shots yeah. i like because they're different which, right. which speaking of the mimes, the mimes. i love the oh mimes. i forgot about that oh I, that, sam explain it so they're walking it's it, he's solo walking in right originally from where was he coming from i don't remember exactly where he's coming from but he's going into his apartment I want to say it wasn't his apartment. Was it his apartment? I think yeah. he's leaving his apartment. 
the first time he's going in because then he goes in, does something, goes out, and they're still there doing exactly. the exact same motion. Which, so there's two mimes, and it's like a male and a female, and they're lovers in some strange way. And then the guy smacks the woman, and then she spits on him, and then he goes to like hit her, and then they freeze and kind of go into this like modern dance pose looking thing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well now that we're speaking on your marta's synopsis or like what could have been i'm like what is what do these mimes represent Mm. to him in this love space what could that have been because it is completely there's no reason for it they're there for a split second they repeat the same motion twice it's not like they do anything different yeah so i'm like why (laughs) i guess i've been asking why the entire film and there's no (laughs) there's no no i can't find pertinence in any of it (laughs) by any means but for this mime thing i'm like why this why the mime why that same motion and how's that contrast all these lovers we're seeing throughout the film well i think it contrasts because theirs is more violent and everything else is really loving and nick cage is like slapping women in this movie yeah and i mean and i also i feel like if we're going to talk about like the repetitiveness of the movement it might be and it's so small that it kind of gets glossed over but even at the end of the movie after all of this like fantasy with Rachel like expires when he when he sees the real girl at the club and she's with a new guy and like he gets into a fight and everything and he's like delusionally talking to this brick wall where his quote therapist introduced him Jesus. to another patient who's exactly the same as him and they are going to get along he walks home with her quote unquote and as soon as they get in the apartment, he starts fucking yelling at her. Yeah. <laughs> so, They're walking up the steps. He loses his shit it, at nothing. Yeah. It could just be like it. symbolic of him like literally being stuck in this cycle where he doesn't actually know how to love anything. Right. And right. all he does is know how to critique and yell at people. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like the closest thing he's had is Alva. Yeah. His assistant. Well, that's a whole... We haven't even gotten into Alva. Yeah. Uh, Dude. No. So what's the subplot? I made a comment about Alva and her brother on Twitter that have either of you seen the last action hero? I know you haven't. Mm-hmm. Have you no, seen I, it? I haven't. The plot of last action hero is that this kid gets a magical movie ticket and he gets to go into the films. This is Oh, the one you told me about. Yeah. Oh, it sounds so good. But Alva and her brother are like real people that accidentally are in this movie. Like, it seems like they have jumped through the screen and they're in this movie and they're not supposed to be there (laughs) because they're so normal and react. They're only ones, like, reacting normally. Like, Alva's whole character is she's a secretary at Nick Cage's office. And he, for some reason, decides to, like, torture her and focus on her and make her find this contract that doesn't even matter because the guy literally calls him and is like, oh, don't worry about finding it. Like, I'm moving. I know you're busy. And he's like... See, Alva, he's obviously boiling mad. He's like, I couldn't even get a word in. (laughs) But she's, like, so messed up by him harassing her that she doesn't want to go to work. She's, like, stuck in bed. She's crying. Her mom's, like, making her go to work. It's, like, kind of sad, honestly. But she's not messed up because she she is, but she keeps doing it. And she keeps going back. And she doesn't really, like, I, I like the idea that you're talking about they seem like kind of normal people in it. But at the same time, I disagree because... I also think that was kind of a – they fit within it as far as, like, the over-the-top kind of acting to me. There were moments where it felt grounded and then otherwise, like, when she was downstairs or in the bathroom at first and all this. Like, mm. there's no realism to, I think, 
her choices as far as if something like this were to happen, if her boss chased her into the bathroom and was going to smack her, I'd like her fucking trust quit my Yeah, job. like her trust in this. And then he comes to her house and he's all insane outside of her window and all this shit. And like, yeah, I'll get back in the car with you and come to work. Like all these random things. And I'm just like, this is, yeah. we've had to transcend our, our belief around everything in this film, which is. To me, I'm like, well, that's why I'm conflicted and challenged of like, is this all intentional? And I just wasn't prepared for this to be all intentionally horrific. (laughs) Although I will say like, perhaps it is. And I really, this is giving the movie way too much benefit of the doubt because I don't think that the writers slash directors slash Nicolas Cage were thinking on this deep of a level. But there is a lot to say about the fact that she is like a young woman of color and he is an affluent white man Mm. so there is like this power dynamic of him being able to like hold it over her head like you need this job i don't need you here right so i can do whatever i want to you because i can well and it's also the 80s and yeah so um, So it's like time period so basically she's fucked (laughs) yeah yeah and that scene in the office is pretty clear about that as he Slowly goes into his Nick Cage rolled back eye, open eyes like that's the meme. Then, that's where the, all the yeah. memes Oh, that's come from. that's where the meme is. Yeah, it's the big one. That's that's the one I have in Mona Lisa's face. <laughs> it's that one. Oh, that's that's the one. Is from because I've seen. He oh, makes yeah. that face in other films. No, though, it's right? this. Oh, this is. They take that face and put it in all the memes. It's oh, from this. I didn't realize. I that. mean, he makes like similar. Like he does the one where he's like, but that's a different movie. Face off. I don't know which movie that no, is. He's dancing one. around in a like a priest's outfit but i mean i'm actually pretty impressed because i really didn't think we would have this much to like critique and articulate about it's, the movie. it's literally all sam he's making me have like a- analytical thoughts I, know. <laughs> I think i've said like four words this whole time i know but it's your presence <laughs> but you're like honestly you are like trying to think critically about this movie i I've, I've told marta in the past that i think that we do a good job of joking around and then like in a roundabout kind of way we get to analyzing the movie or critiquing certain parts of it but like you just like went in you like hit the jugular right off the bat <laughs> no Which, fucking well, around well, well it's funny it's, because having brayden here the other week to do raising arizona he's picking up shit as a member of production and uh, and as like he is a director and he does stuff like that and i always love watching movies with you because like it helps me pay attention to the acting or like the space the actors are given because you always point out shit to me that i don't really notice so like i always i that's why i was in intrigued to watch this one with you to see what your input is because the acting is so atrocious and you're an actor and you care about that (laughs) so i this to me i'm really curious about process as far as what the what going into this film was like with nicholas cage and whoever the director was and just like whoever he was in the room with and like hey i just came off of moonstruck I just came up. This is maybe. Do we know it's if Moonstruck was successful at this it, point? It was. Okay. Yeah. It got Great. nominated for Oscars. Okay. So yeah. right away, he everyone knew he was rolling with some momentum. He was hot at this point. He was. Yeah. I'm curious. I don't know if this was the case, but I feel like it was one of these like we got Nicolas Cage. We're, he, we're gonna do this film together. Great. Nick came to the table and was like, you know what? I'm really pissed. I did this romantic comedy thing, or like I'm done with that. Whatever. I want to do something to contrast this, and so. I'm just going to take all the liberties I fucking want and just whatever I want to do, I'm going to do. And then no one was going to fight him on it because he was the bankroll. He was like, yeah. without him, this movie, I don't know, maybe might not have gotten made. But like, right. I'm going to try I'm gonna try something on this one. Great. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> just everything. The over-the-top motions and the fucking all this shit and just like, 
sure yeah great um yep i guess moving on like i don't yeah. <laughs> what was who who signed off on all this and then i wonder if they did and they're like in the editing room they're like oh shit this is just what the film is going to be is all this ridiculousness mm-hmm. it wasn't intended originally perhaps mm-hmm. i don't know but maybe once they got all the footage and saw it all in one place like we're just going to make this spoof of a film that was not intended this way but this is what we have and let's just run with it and see what happens obviously it's transcended into pop culture and now you have this meme that nick cage is transcended from actor to pop culture icon from just this ridiculous yeah improvisation of i can do whatever the fuck i want that's true in which i'm curious after that when because he kind of had that reputation for a while after this correct of like being able to get just kind of as outlandish and outrageous and all these different things. Yeah. I definitely feel like this was like the gateway drug to that. That's what I'm curious about because I don't know a lot of his work after this. I know some of it, but not like right afterwards. And I'm curious what what these next films look like. I mean, the next one is Never on a Tuesday, right? Mm -hmm. And that's just a cameo role, but apparently it's fucking weird. Yeah. And then that that movie, you can you can only find it on VHS for like sixty five (laughs) dollars. No shit. Yeah, I've been trying really hard to get it, (laughs) but it's like I don't think he does really like a romantic comedy again until maybe even like the nineties. Yeah. Like he he definitely the next several movies are going to be. Never on Tuesday, Time to Kill, Wild at Heart, Firebirds, Industrial Symphony Number One, Yes, Zandali, and then Honeymoon in Vegas. And I don't even know if that's romantic. Yeah, I don't think it is. I mean, the other Vegas title is not romantic. So yeah, like I don't think I don't think he gets back into anything until it could happen to you. What year? And what year is that? That's ninety four. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know any of those films. I've seen the cover. Of it could happen to you, and it's definitely a rom com. <laughs> Great, but I have no idea what it's about. But well, you were starting to say. I think this is a good place to start comparing the room to it. Yes. So mm-hmm. take it away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so first of all, <laughs> both lit like grad films. Yes. The characters themselves, I feel like, are very similar. Like mm-hmm. I feel. I almost called him Patrick Bateman. <laughs> I, I feel like Nicolas Cage's character and Tommy. Wazow's character in the room are both wearing suits the whole time. They both have freakouts and smash shit. Their hair looks like shit. Their hair looks bad and it's messy. A um, lot of vocal exclamations randomly. Very loud. Very loud. <laughs> and they're propelled by heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa! <laughs> you're you tearing me apart! Lisa! Uh... And um, honestly, the therapist's character reminds me so much of Lisa's mom. <gasps> oh my god! Like even her acting is almost the same. Like older woman who you can tell is like a newer actress who's just like trying something, and it's just not quite working. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm happy for you. Like keep pursuing your dream, but it's not here. But stop it. <laughs> oh man. At least they got her color right. Like. A third of the way through the film. Oh my, yeah. She starts out so, like, beigey. Be- it is beigey. There's a couple moments where it looks like she has a gray streak across her face. I don't like oh, that. No. Yeah. It's like ran across her with a paintbrush. <laughs> Onlined this film. <laughs> Onlined this film. But you're right. Right right off the jump, though, the, the lighting, though. You don't know what, what the key, where the key light was or what was practical or not. No. Like, there's no motivation for any of the lighting. Yeah, there was, like, <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything just was just blown out. Blown visible. out and flat. Yeah, it's just, like... 
The shit in his office drove me nuts because it was just so obvious that there was just like a hot ass light in the corner and they just left it. They didn't put any kind of diffusion or anything on it. And I was like, there's like one lamp in here and the window's the opposite side, but there's just a flaring light. The lights coming from the fucking door, like the windows by the door. It made no sense. The best lighting was anytime they were outside. (laughs) I think the best lighting was the shot of the couple making out with the guy trying to hand them. (laughs) I think that was the most. That's the best scene in the movie. That's the best best scene. scene. It's so good. And because it's like, it's like shot dark and ominously and the music's dark and ominous and it's just pushing in on them. But the. The act itself is fucking hysterical. It makes no sense. And it's like 35 seconds. It's like it's, it's too like long. so long it's of watching long. this happen. I feel like we're getting kind of lost in, in the sense of what happens. People are watching, oh. listening to this, and they're like, what's happening in the movie? He's getting, he's getting, um, he gets bit by a fake vampire. He starts oh, having weird freakouts. He's wearing a Band-Aid the whole movie. <laughs> and like shortly thereafter, we I think we come into his first this is why we came here moment, which I agree with you. It's definitely in the running, but there's like probably like six or seven moments in this film that we could consider as this is why we came here. Mm-hmm. And the first one is when he comes home and starts trashing the house and he breaks the mirror and grabs the mirror and goes, what is happening to I me? I don't even remember what spurred this. Me neither. I have no, cause, because none of the scenes ever spurred anything into the next scene. Like I have a note mm-hmm. that, when he makes the coffee and hands it to her in bed and no one's there and it's just shaking. It's just a long dissolve. It's a long dissolve. And then he's at the art opening with the girl from the first night. Mm. And she's like, what do you think of this piece? And he goes, I have to take a piss. Gets in a cab and leaves her. Like, that's the next scene. It makes <laughs> no fucking sense at all. There's, like, no context to any of it. <laughs> Sam's just was, frustrated remembering this. I'm, I'm, like, I'm trying. I'm really trying hard to remember, like, the motivation to any of these scenes and, like, what happened before the freakout. Don't know. I, nothing. It, well, nothing. Because then, then right after he, he leaves her, he's laying in his apartment, and she leaves a voicemail. I was like, fuck you, too. And he's like, yeah, well, fuck you, <gasps> Oh, and that's, that sister. That's why he freaks out. Because he's like... He calls her and he's like, I am so sorry. Like, I apologize. Please meet me tonight at this bar. And then he freaks out and doesn't go to the bar. No. And so, go ahead. Sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Oh, it's okay. But like, she writes a note on a napkin and like tapes it to his door and is like, I oh. never want to see you again or some shit like that. Okay. Because right. he doesn't he doesn't go to the bar because he gets dressed to go meet with her. He's like, meet me at nine o'clock. I'm so sorry. He gets dressed to meet with her. He's walking down the steps, and Rocky, Rachel, <laughs> Rachel is coming down the stairs, and she goes, "No, bitch, we're gonna make up." Yeah. <laughs> he is wondering first, how did she get in here? Because she is his lover, and he is learning that she is a jealous lover, <laughs> and he let me in. <laughs> like that's what she said. So and so, horrible. so she, she's like, "Come back upstairs," and he's just walking, uh, mouth uh, agape, uh, eyes wide open. He's like. Oh, are you my creator? <laughs> but, but um, so that's why he doesn't go, and then that's the same sex neck scene. biting. Yep. Yeah, it's, yep. well, but it's not even sex because it's just like heavy petty grinding. Yeah, the pasties, the blood, yes. and him goes. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. oh wow! Yeah. And then the I freak can't out. believe this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> um. But so, so then, yes, then he comes home or he sees that note and that, that you're right. That's when he freaks out and he starts tearing shit everywhere. He, he, he fucks up his house a couple times. And yeah. it's funny because like, it's a juxtaposition of the shot. I say that word 
in every episode because it's the smartest word I know. You're using it correctly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I use yeah, it correctly every time, but I say it every time. Um, but <laughs> babushka is actually the smartest word that I know, anyway, which I also mention in every episode. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. But it's, it's him. It's, it cuts between him tearing apart his apartment and Alva on the train to going home with her gun in her purse and some dude singing. It makes, again, no sense. That was the cut. I don't know. That was, I, I it remember kept cutting the scene. back and forth between that. So But random. why? I don't. It doesn't pair well together. And no. also, why? I know she's like clearly just like probably thinking about him and like how her life's been hard because he earlier that day is just sitting in his office going, Alba, Alba, Alba. Alba. Alba and he's just screaming and he comes out and he's like Alba Alba that hop on the and desk he, he though he jumps on the desk <laughs> he's been doing the what are the what do you call what's that exercise fuck like burpees box jumps box, box jumps, jumps. He, he does a box <laughs> he's Come been on, doing box, box jumps. jumps and he hops up and he like points at her in front of everyone and goes there you are and that's when he chases her <laughs> into the fucking bathroom but when he's screaming the note that I wrote it made me think of whenever I needed my mom and I was like in elementary school and I would be in my bed and I didn't want to get out of bed because it was nighttime and I would just go mom <laughs> mom <laughs> like we've all done it right mom screaming. Yeah. <laughs> although I didn't then chase my mother into the bathroom I just kept screaming until no. she showed up and was like what the fuck do you want and that old woman was the what the fuck what the fuck's going on here and just walks out of the bathroom looked right in the camera and then walked yeah. away <laughs> and then later afterward comes to console Elva at her desk with just a like are you okay? And she just watched Nick Cage run in there like yeah. he was about to slap her. And like, no one gave in a the fuck women's in this film. Bathroom. No one gave a fuck in this film. Like, no. no one outside of the core characters gave a shit, except the really nice bystanders in New York. I was just going to say that. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? The, the two very nice people, the old man who was right there and they were right there too. There was no space or time as soon Whoa, as there sir, was a reaction. Okay? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, you okay? Huh? Hey, and, uh, man, you dropped your groceries. Fucking baguette. I wrote that down. The goddamn baguette. Like, what prop, like, what set director, like, set designer, prop master was like, oh, yeah, we need fuck, we need groceries. Um, Oh, here's a, here's a bag of stuff. Oh, fuck. How do we make this believable? Like, there's groceries in here. Oh, put a baguette. Everyone knows that's a, that's a <laughs> universal <laughs> symbol of this is a bag of groceries. There's, <laughs> there's probably a meme of that somewhere. I know oh, it. It's terrible. Well he, well, he drops it, and the guy's like, Hey man, your food. And then he like runs into the street. He's like, Ugh. And, like he almost gets hit by like traffic and shit. But again, I don't remember because I feel like this is the point of the film after his first like intense freak out and like chasing her into the bathroom that it goes on and on and on. And it's just different days of him yelling at this poor girl. I'm like, we didn't need it. No, Mm-mm. we did not need it. Basically, it's just like he. Starts getting absorbed with the stereotypical like vampire shit. Like he falls prostrate in front of a huge neon cross. Oh, oh, that's why he dropped his. That's groceries. why he dropped his groceries. Oh yeah. <laughs> he can't. He can't see himself in a mirror, even though you can clearly see his reflection. He's like, "Where am I? Where am I? And What's then, happening to me?" And then he turns. He turns to the next mirror and he goes, "Where am I?" And I and I remember thinking, I was like, that is like literally when I wake up and I'm like in the bathroom and I'm looking at myself. That's me every morning. Who am I? 
And then the fucking guy from the bathroom stall is like, I'm trying to take a shit low. Yeah, and he's like, go have your period in the girls' bathroom. Fuck. <laughs> but there's just a lot of Nick running frantically in very different weird ways. Yelling. Crawling. Yelling. Crawling. He crawls so much in this <laughs> Dragging. Okay, he moves well. He, variety in his movement. Yeah, I can't say that the physical acting was good. No, it wasn't. It's was just, just there was just there were we had options. We had <laughs> options. Okay, wait. So we've already talked about like the first this freak out moment. Yeah. However, I just thought of another one, and it's the scene where he forces Alva to stay late looking for this contract, and I think she actually finds the contract, and he chases her into the basement, and she's yeah. like, "Don't come near me! I'm gonna shoot you." And you know what? I think there's one before that, though. There's really one before that? There's you so many. You know what many. it is? Because this is where I stopped. The first, this is why we came here, is when he rips up the note and he's tearing apart the apartment. Uh-huh. And he's like, what is happening to me? And it's like a lot of energy because he tears every single piece of shit apart. Yeah. It's very Tommy was The second one is the next day when he's in the therapist's office and it goes... According to alphabetical oh, order, Jesus Christ. A B C D. Double back to my own And she's like, Peter, Peter, good. You know your ABC. <laughs> so I think that's the second one. And then, sweet improv moment. Amazing, <laughs> yeah. beautiful. And then I think, I think then it's this one that you're discussing. Yeah, which whichever at whichever point it is, I think it's like the biggest one with Alva. Yeah. Because he literally like chases her into the basement and corners her. Yeah. And she so she at this point she has a gun, but it only has blanks in it. And he's Oh, so like, there's one before it too. Yeah. Where where he's, he's in jump- the car. Oh fuck. There's like there's, th- there's so many of them. So we Okay, no no no. We're good. We're good. We're on track. Okay. So the 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 third one That's when he jumps on the desk and yells at her. Oh, you're right. Okay. So then the fourth one, <laughs> and chasing her into the bathroom. So yeah. the fourth one is when he goes to her house because she calls in sick because he fucked with her the day before and mm-hmm. made the meme face. And he said a bunch of shit and he's like, I'll fire you. Fuck you. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to torture you. And th- like, not torture, but he's like, I will make sure your job is hell. Yeah. And so then she doesn't go to work the next day. He shows up at her place. He's like, I have a bag of soup. A bag. Which bothered me. Powdered, Dude, powdered, powdered soup. Add water. <laughs> my he always puts soup in the bags. <laughs> but so then, so then they are, he's like trying to be nice. He's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, I want to make come back to work. It's on me. And then they're in the, in the fucking car and he's like, the goddamn contract was in those goddamn files. <laughs> so that's the fourth freak out. Yeah, yeah. Then Never later that night. goes away. Never just goes away. <laughs> so then... Fifth freak out is Fifth that night, out. and you're like you said, chasing her to the basement. Yeah, because she finds the contract, but it she like is knocking on the door while he's having like this weird erotic he's having fantasy. a moment with Rachel. Rachel, and um, yeah, he starts ch- like chasing her into the basement because he's like, it's too late for the contract or whatever. She's cornered. She's got the gun. She's like, don't come near me. I'll shoot you. And he's like, do it. Fuck it. Basically, and she shoots like two blanks at the ground. He's like, no, shoot me. She's just like in the corner crying and she's like, please don't rape me. And he goes, I will. Yeah, he goes, I will <laughs> rape you. And she goes, if you don't shoot me, I'll fire you. It's like, I was like, the logic behind that doesn't seem convincing. I'm like, he threatens to rape her, but he's also begging her to kill him. 
Yeah. And so she doesn't shoot him. He fucking like slaps her in the face. Oh yeah, he slaps her. Rips her shirt open. Starts to rape her. Starts literally kissing her neck. Yeah, starts like kissing her neck. Or I don't know. Yeah, because she didn't draw blood. Mm -mm. Yeah. And then he takes the gun and fires two blanks into his mouth. Mm -hmm. I think that that might be. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's sobbing. (laughs) But he's sobbing like that. And then he's like, I'm a vampire. And then he runs, storms out because he's like, Holy shit, I can't die. He didn't know they were blanks. Because mm-hmm. she made her brother give her, her blanks because she's like, I have a gun and I don't have any bullets and I need to feel safe. And he's like, I only have blanks. She's like, give me the fucking blanks. Mm. So he's like, whoa, I truly am a vampire. And he starts just running down the street yelling, I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. And that's when he buys the plastic teeth. He buys the teeth. Because <laughs> he can't afford the nice ones. <laughs> he only has $3 because in he, cash. Because he spent... 40, 40, like $44.80 on the cab ride, which he threw at the cab driver. It's always because you, you do see credit cards in his wallet. Yeah. yeah. And I'm curious. I'm like, does this shop just not take credit cards? I mean, I mean, it is a, like a small novelty shop in it the is. 80s. That's true. That's a valid point. They didn't take my Amex. Hint. Hint. <laughs> there were multiple cards. I remember seeing them. Yeah. I and know. And then he did, he did uh, hunt down a pigeon soon after that. Well, he got, yeah, so he got the plastic teeth. Which are three fifty instead of the ceramic ones, which are only twenty. Which yeah. are yeah, nineteen ninety five. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but tax. Um, <laughs> my but... dad rounds up <laughs> every time we go to the grocery store. My go- my dad goes, "Don't give me the exact number. Round it up," because <laughs> then he calculates um, <laughs> how much money he's spending on me. Um, <laughs> he's keeping tabs. He is. So then um, he goes and gets a pigeon. He eats it. <laughs> There's blood all over his apartment, and there's, like, a bloody plate of feathers. And I'm like, why did he get a plate? Like, Birdie. Just, <laughs> Birdie. <gasps> oh, no, oh no. shit. He it's... ate Matthew Modi. <laughs> <laughs> it's a metaphor for his transference from drama and romantic comedy into raw DIY punk films. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I, um, he then... Crawls into his makeshift coffin, <laughs> which is literally like his fucking love seat flipped over, with some books propped up so he can actually get in nicely. <laughs> yeah. and, and like three pillows laying down on the ground. But so, because his apartment's still trash, and he's like, "Well, I don't want to sleep in the bed." Um, so he sets his alarm, wakes up in the middle of the night, like because at one point he's watching Nosferatu, which we kept being like, "I feel like Nick, in the research of making this movie, watched." just Nosferatu was like this is what vampires behave well, like well I actually just read on uh, fun fact on IMDB that that's like his movements when he goes into the club he's yeah. mirroring Nosferatu oh yeah, oh, the yeah. Whole it's absolutely. very evident absolutely, absolutely. yeah, yeah every every single motion that he does and especially like when he turns around when he sees that girl in the club and he like looks back that's mm. a Nosferatu movement like he would do that when he would see a woman sleeping and he's about to he would like look into the camera and be like <laughs> so <laughs> but, like that, sorry. <laughs> but it's funny because we've seen those movements before and where have we seen them asia in pegasus got married yeah he's window. creeping into someone's window and he does the same like and he goes like into her window <laughs> and it's very nosferatu like and it's like two movies before this i'm curious about him like this whole film just felt like an outburst and like how how maybe he was exploring his own physicality as an actor in a way. Yeah. Because the, the entire thing was just riddled with, like, the way he would point and the sounds he would make and all these things were just, like, it's completely over the top. 
but I, I'm curious his own process around that of like, I get to do whatever the fuck I want, so I'm just gonna try and speak like you know it was it was, it was unnecessary, it was absolutely <laughs> unnecessary, and I feel like and not like as an actor doing it, he probably felt that too. Like I'm just gonna do it because I can and give it a shot, and like yeah. I'm going to overly express with my body constantly. Well, constantly. especially especially knowing that. In Raising Arizona, they had such a tight leash on him. Yeah. And then he did Moonstruck, which apparently he hated doing. So it makes sense for him to, like, kind of retaliate. He's basically doing what Miley Cyrus did, like, t- like five five or six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> he wore a nude suit to the Emmys. <laughs> and, and offended the entire first row of the Smiths. <laughs> Those memes were so good. Oh, uh, chicken wing butt. Chicken wing butt. <laughs> <laughs> if we talk about Nick Cage, we have to talk about all the memes. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Um, but yeah, so he goes to the club wearing his fake teeth, mm-hmm. walking through a crowd, and it's fucking hilarious. He's like, this is my nightlife. And finds this woman in the back. <laughs> this woman is me. This woman is like doing cocaine by herself. Well, this doesn't. This part isn't Asia. She's no. This is one hundred percent me. Also. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in the back of the club doing blow by myself <laughs> when all of a sudden a man in plastic vampire teeth walks up to me and I'm instantly wet. She she's like looking at him and giggling and he like looks all nose frothy like and he like does like a bow with like the twirling of the hand and she's like oh yes 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 and, and she's like so into it and he's like chomping his fake teeth and she's laughing and giggling they're not even talking they're just doing weird motions and asia was like i would do it too (laughs) (laughs) i would be sucked right in i would allow myself to be murdered you're like who are you (laughs) well you're so charming and quirky me too (laughs) i don't even belong at this club i just found this blow on the table (laughs) (laughs) but he's like he's like putting stroking his arm like across her chest and then she put his hand down her boob and she's like whoa and he's like no! And bites her neck and kills her. Literally fucking rips her jugular out. It's like very intense. And so he just leaves covered in blood. That's when the altercation with Rachel is with her like other dude. And it's like partly a fantasy in her being like, I'm done. You're pathetic. She like, spits in his face and she's like, I don't need you anymore. And then she walks in the other room like into the party again. And he comes chasing after her. And that's when it's like clearly like she's just a real person. And with he's like, someone else. With someone else. And he's like, why did you break up with me? And he's covered in fucking blood. And he's and, like puking too. Yeah, he's like vomiting up this person's blood because he's never <laughs> intensely, intensely puking. It's not even, it's just loud gagging. Nothing mm. came out. But yeah, they have the whole altercation. They pull him out of the, the club and then he's running around outside and, <laughs> the sun. and he sees the sun. And he's like, what does he scream when he sees the sun? He's walking oh. in the sun. She's, I don't even fucking remember. It was good, though. It's not like a this is the end or something like that, is it? No, it's something it's much something better than that. It's something morbid or something. I can't remember. But he's then begging people on the street. Like, he goes up to, like, a church, and he's like, give me a rosemary. Kill me. I'm a vampire. Kill me. <gasps> he says, my girlfriend broke up with me. I'm a vampire. Kill me. And he's like, kill me. <laughs> he's got this board that he's just like wandering around with. So important. So technically this is the f- sixth because I think, no, the sixth, this is why we came here a moment, is the whole club scene. And then the seventh, this is why we came here a moment, is the entire morning of him dragging this piece of wood across the street. Just going, oh. <laughs> Which is so special to me because the reason I like all of Nick is because of that scene in particular because I saw it online and my friends were like, this is you. 
every morning after you drink. And so we used to do that in college all the time. And he has the uh, altercation with the wall, which is his therapist, like you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, finds the love of his life. And in front of her mentions in his fantasy mentions like, oh, I did happen to rape someone. And the therapist is like, it's a part of the id. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're fine. And, and then he's like, well, also, I did murder someone last night. She goes, oh, people are murdered in New York all the time. And he's like, good. I just thought I should tell you. And then he's walking down the street with his fake girlfriend. And it cuts back to him, like, actually covered in blood and, like, crazy and talking. Like, people are walking by him. And he's talking to himself. And he's like, oh, really? Like, I'm from Philadelphia originally and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he's like, well, it's a kind of a hard, like, the last few days have been kind of hard. Like it's a it's a hard subject. Let's change the subject. And he starts walking up the stairs. He turns around. And he goes, Sharon, shut the fuck up! I told you to change. What did I just say? Change. Subject for me. <laughs> and then it just goes into him yelling at no one in his apartment. Meanwhile, Alva and her brother are staking out the place because Alva's clearly been fucking raped and abused by this person. Her brother runs inside. And with a tire iron in hand. With tire iron Tire in iron. And Nick Cage is laying in his coffin. He throws the coffin open. And he basically just hands him a piece of wood and puts it at his chest. He's like trying to kill himself. Yeah, he's yeah. like, he has like that piece of wood that he had outside. And like as soon as he opens the casket, <laughs> couch or whatever, the couch he casket. just immediately like grabs this piece of wood and like puts it over his heart. <laughs> and so Alva's brother's like, Okay. Doesn't okay. really skip a beat. <laughs> okay. So he just pushes it in and he dies. Dies. He fucking dies. And then as he's dying, it's just like him dead and and the shot of Rachel. And she's like, dream of me, my dear. Yeah. And then. And it's such an anticlimactic end. And then last shot of New York. And that's the movie. It's very, it, it very ends. It ends the way that it began and every... <laughs> Every transition in between, it just it was there and then it's gone. <laughs> it was like a vignette of what it's like to become a vampire in New York. <laughs> which, which, which I'm curious, like the, do we think that the therapist is real, real at all? I think so. I think she was. She I has the moment with the lover. Yes. And so I'm like, well, random, extremely random. Wait, what? Which looks almost exactly like Alva's brother. True. Wait, what? When he calls her from the payphone and he's like, I need to meet with you sooner. She like, oh, his therapist like answers the phone and there's just like a hot young guy there who's like, oh, I didn't know that. Cougar I think therapist. I, I think I got up to get something at that point. Um, yeah, I think she's real. But just random. Well, this fucking movie. <laughs> I, I literally feel like someone gave the writer plot points and he only wrote the plot points. And then Nick Cage read that and was like, I got you. I'll ad-lib the rest. Which yeah. We need to get a hold of the screenplay. And oh. see what the screenplay, like, read that. I'm literally going to Google it right now. I bet you a yeah. lot of this, like, especially that scene where he's fighting with no one in his apartment. He's like, I've been with you 10 minutes and all you do is bitch and moan. And he's, like, yelling at no one. That whole scene, I was like, this is, like, all has to be improv. Like, so much of it had to have been just them being like, okay, you're going to freak out in this scene. And then he just does shit. Yeah, I feel like that was the, the entirety of this fucking movie. Yeah. Like, when he's in, every time he has an interaction with his therapist, even, I'm like, they gave him maybe a couple lines in there. Yeah. And then it was just, go ahead. 
Yeah. Do, like the majority of this, I felt was just improv. Well, because that, that's why there's that's why I think there's no through line through all this shit. Is yeah. he just took so many liberties, do whatever he fucking wanted that there was no. There's no more cohesive no. storyline. Well, and if Not he's if he's gonna be doing if he's the sole like person and he's the one who's making all of the. He's basically leading each scene by his improv. So people are just trying to react. So that's why their acting isn't good either. Because they're just trying to react to whatever Nick Cage is throwing at them. And they're like, okay. Like, <laughs> so, what do we, so what do we then think that um, the official, this is why, of the seven options we have. In all the other movies, we've struggled to have one. And now we have all of them. <laughs> What do, you, what do you think? I The one that just comes up to me right away is it's not a huge freak out, but where he's, it's the meme when he's talking to Alba mm, and the oh, eyes okay. roll back and he gets into that. Oh, so there's place. eight actually technically. Because I just, I feel like that is, if you think Nicolas Cage nowadays, <laughs> you're thinking that. Like that's, that's true. very true. And it's like, true. It is a monologue and it, and it gets intense. <laughs> it gets and he just it's the only close up in the Builds movie. and builds and keeps rolling back and his head, head keeps cocking so back. It makes like, no sense. No, 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 no. It He's doesn't. just opening his eyes as wide as he can and his nostrils are like. <laughs> that's, that's it. But that's why, like, a freak out, a freak out can make sense sometimes, maybe. Like, I mean, yeah. um, this was exaggerated in a lot of ways, but that. That seems so unnatural and just so <laughs> out of left fucking field That's that to true. me that stands out in such and it's a monologue that they're just holding that shot for so long. There's no change. It's just it's a picture. It is if you it was a screenshot that like if you were to represent this entire movie with that shot would be like yeah. I would go as far to say that that screenshot represents Nicolas Cage as a whole. I agree. Yeah dead serious yeah. at least is it, it, that's the case now i have three i have three different images of that in different ways portrayed on my laptop yeah in sticker form <laughs> beautiful and also i didn't even notice that i have tommy Wusso right next to nick cage's et there we are <laughs> perfect and it says oh hi mark match made in heaven <laughs> oh hi mark <laughs> um i think i might have to agree with you sam because i definitely also feel like in terms of where it's happening in the movie and what is exactly is happening, I would say that that's like the turning point into his delusion also. Like up mm. until that point, he's just kind of like a cruel, shitty boss. But at that point, he's like, I am literally going to make your life hell and you're going to deal with it. And I'm fucking insane. Right before that is the first time we see him with the sunglasses in the office, right? Smoking a cigarette, throwing the rubber ducky on the ground. Isn't that the, isn't that the moment? Like, yes. <laughs> he closed him before. That. I remember that. And it was, what did she say? Uh, he's so eccentric. So oh, he's eccentric. just so eccentric. <laughs> One of the passerbys. Yeah. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Um, those are good arguments, but I... <laughs> I mean, he does, like, threaten to rape her. That's kind of intense for me. And mm -hmm. Just the whole, like, shooting himself in the mouth <laughs> and then will. sobbing. And then the morning after. It's, there's so much. It's really. You know what, though? I will say, if we agree on that specific moment you brought up, I think it's still, in a way, rating his freakouts for all of these in this movie. Because they all have the same level of intensity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Either okay. way. Mm -hmm. So let's agree 
So we can agree. Because also, I feel like it would be a cultural disservice to not choose that moment. Yeah. And all, and I think it rep- it still represents everything else he did in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like we're essentially just judging his freak out altogether as his character. Because every sentence that comes out of his mouth is a this is why we came here moment. Very anyways. true. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter which one we choose. So I'll, I'll, I'll settle on that. I think two of my favorites, though, still, I think the walking down the street with a piece of that that palette and just dragging <laughs> ah! like that that has to be one but then so good. right away one of the initial ones to me was and it's not a freak out moment but it's the first fake fucking laugh when they're leaving the apartment yeah. <laughs> like that one that's like it starts off the tone of what we may be jumping into for yeah. this film like for me like that just these moments of like Wait, did that just happen? His <laughs> like, forced laughter <laughs> is so terrible because there's that scene where he's sitting with all his bosses and they're like, I can't believe you chased him to the bathroom. She asked me for a raise. What a dumb bitch. And he's, like, <laughs> and he's just like laughing so hard. He's like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, well, so all of those yeah, together yeah. in one. What shall we rate yeah. it? Ooh, tell me the rating. I don't know the rating. Sorry. It's, oh. it's zero to ten. It's zero, it's zero to, 10. to ten. And we have no, like, real formula. Like, <laughs> it's just whatever one we feel at the, like, the time. Yeah. I'm like, this is the number I, I think the I think the highest rating that we've given is, like, a nine. Okay. I don't even know if we've Ooh. given a nine yet. I think that we gave a nine for Birdie. I think we, I think we did an 8.3. Oh, really? I don't think we've reached the nines yet. Okay, well, it, I, I'm going to give this 8.8. And this, this is for the, the freak this out. is why you came here moment? Okay. Yeah. Again, not having reference to all these other ones uh, and these other films and things, but yeah. with the accumulative freak out, yeah, like throughout the entirety of the film, the hour and forty three minutes, whatever it was, when twenty of those minutes was were just external shots of New York. Um, <laughs> I think I would have to go with a strong, a strong. I'm gonna go with a strong eight nine. Like I was a, that's what I was thinking. I was yeah. like I I don't want to be like I'm going to go one point higher. But, it, but I was like I don't I want to give it as high as possible, but I I feel like I should save the nines for more because I we have more Yeah. cuz now we're getting into it. Yeah, yeah. But this is this but this is so much of it and this is so many of the memes in one. I don't think any of the other movies are going to be just as outrageous the entire time as this one. Mm-hmm. So I I will go with an eight point nine. It's and it's it's gonna be tough. I think I don't know. I don't know all these films coming up, but I think it, it may be tough to top it. I think the going only back, one that's gonna you, top you could... it is Wicker Man. Oh yeah, Wicker that's Man. probably gonna win. But I still I mean I haven't seen all of Wicker Man, but I've seen a I lot of pieces of it, and I know he beats the shit out of a lot of women. So I <laughs> <Okay>. cannot wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's probably, yeah. So yeah. we're gonna save the nines for Wicker Man. I wish that I wasn't over exaggerating. That yeah, that's just how I actually say it. Yeah. Oh, gr- okay, great. <laughs> oh, oh, he Perfect. said great. I thought he was gonna go. Oh, gross. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say gross too. Um. So the movie on the whole, what do we rate the film itself? I'm gonna wait for you guys because I've got a number already in mind. It's the reason I'm having trouble with this is like because off the bat I want to be like whoa fours, but. <laughs> I enjoy shitty movies like this because 
nothing brings me joy. Like, we laughed a lot during yeah. this movie. It's very true. I didn't laugh at all during this film. No, no you, you didn't. Stoic. But 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 it was but it, it was like I was I was blown away by the consistency of the inconsistency. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I like in hindsight and like as it was ending, I think I was so moved by the fact that I like this happened to, to you <laughs> in general that this film was made yeah. and all these things and like all the moments that went into this and like going back to the, like this this thought that like all of the artists in the world who are out there making unbelievable life-changing like just crazy art and shit and then like this thing came to life and like <laughs> it's like at the forefront of pop culture in this way i think it's just like wow this is a powerful film. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was so beautiful. That was really I'm good. super moved right so, now. I'm, I'm going to... Uh, shit, I'm going to give it like a seven. <gasps> wow. Okay. Damn, okay. I'm not I don't do like it. I, I'm not going to I don't like it. No. I don't like the film. But no. I'm going to give it a seven because it ranks up there to me as one of these just horrendous films of like, I can't believe it consistently yeah. stayed up in this horrendous place yeah <laughs> bravo <Cult> bravo. <laughs> bravo that's true because even because even the room doesn't hold that much i don't even know what word to use i i have favoritism towards the room not i at all. definitely I, mean, I, I have a no, no no i have a lot of feelings towards the room like that was like very 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 special to me for like seven years of my life because we had like a drinking game to it like i know mm. every word to it i love that movie but even that movie has a lot more silences in this movie mm. so i mean you're right but i can't give it a seven no, it's just i uh, i'm will probably i think i would give it like a 6.2 and that's nice for me because i still think it's a hilarious film 2.7 <laughs> i was gonna give it 2.3 but sam's argument for the seven <laughs> kind of convinced me to give it a point four increase i i just i, I think it's Showing this to a lot of people, um, I would imagine, because of how ridiculous and outrageous it is, yeah. there would be a lot of people who hate it and a lot of people who really love it. And just the fact that I think there would be a lot of joy brought to the table from this film because of how ridiculously terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone involved. Um, but there's there's something special about that, too. Well, what's interesting is that IMDb, for the most part, is very strict on their rating system. And it does have, like, something to do with a little bit of the viewer's intake. But it's not like when you're looking at Rotten Tomatoes, that's, like, mostly people, like, yelping and responding. IMDb gave this movie a 5.9, which was shocking to me. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 61%. And 77% of Google users love this movie. Our, so, our average is 5.3%. Oh, there you go. So I feel like, I feel like it it works between yeah, the three of us. It does. Yeah. It um <laughs> strong outlier <laughs> way in the front. <laughs> um, but uh, so this budget of this film was two million dollars, and it made seven fifty. <laughs> no, yes. less than that. It made seven hundred twenty five thousand one hundred thirty one dollars. Oh, no. oh heck! Um, <laughs> oh heck! Oh shit! So, that's it. Sorry it was so long and crazy. This movie's ridiculous. If you haven't watched it, it is 
worth the entertainment. You have done yourself a massive disservice in listening to the podcast and not watching the movie first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess we could say that in the beginning. Stop and watch it. But honestly, this is the kind of movie where I don't even think us describing everything... Like, I still don't think it, it doesn't do it, it justice. No, you just it have to watch it. You'll see. still watch it. And yeah. Asia Live tweeted everything, and it's fucking hilarious. Yay. So, okay, I love Rachel's hair. Curly bangs, nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things she wrote. <laughs> it's um, true. But, so yeah, I'm, we got the Twitter up. Asia's actively using it, which is good. So, uh, that's Jin's Pod. Capital G I N S. And Pod. Pod for Podrick. Pod for Podrick. Hey, babe. Game of Thrones? Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, um, and then our Instagram is at Gone and Nick, 60 Seconds, uh, N I C S T Y. And then the email. You ain't got no alibi. <laughs> <laughs> and then the email is Gone and Gone at Nick. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. Gone in Nick, 60 Seconds at gmail.com. And uh, do you have any social media that you would like to plug in? Have people check out how cute he is. Oh my God. Sam's so cute. We love. Thanks. No one is safe. No. <laughs> <laughs> sleepy uh, boy. Sh- yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> we do Instagram. Let's do Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Samuel underscore Charles. That is S-A-M-U-A-L underscore C-H-A-R-L-E-S. Wow. I really thought you were spelling the word underscored. I was like, wait, wait, wait. U N D E R. But then maybe, I was like, oh, I wait, should, no. Maybe I should C- change my Instagram handle to Samuel underscore Charles. That's so long, but that would be great. <laughs> he's, he's really excited. <laughs> kind of. We'll, we'll see what happens. We might change it. If you don't if you don't if, find me on here with an, just the regular underscore, spell underscore, yeah. you may find me. Might fuck around and get phonetic. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so next week's episode, if you want to watch it somehow <laughs> before uh, listening to prep, is gone. No, that's not true. <laughs> it's never on a Tuesday. Yeah. It's a very independent film. But there's so. a lot of cameos, and I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. Nick Cage is not credited in it, but we're going to watch it anyway. <laughs> it's going to be fun, and we're probably going to talk a little bit about the Coppola family tree because I've learned some fun facts today while doing research. Yes. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks for listening, guys. I didn't burp that much. Yeah. I burped once. I burped. I think I burped once. I didn't burp at all. Sam, what the fuck? I'm sorry, guys. I'm... You had two beers. I had to... <laughs> I had. Two beers. <laughs> you still didn't burp. Zero burps. <laughs> Digestive. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Bye now. Bye. That might be cool. You never know. You never know. <laughs> that might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>